And we're off. On Sunday, Prime Minister Trudeau asked Governor General Mary Simon to dissolve Parliament and call an election. She agreed, and the campaign has begun. Welcome back to In Focus with David Coletto. I'm David Coletto. Now, throughout the campaign, I'll be sharing insights on this podcast from our polling at Abacus Data, and we'll be speaking and interviewing some interesting guests about a range of topics, public policy areas, and politics. Today, I want to set the stage of the campaign with a look at Abacus Data's most recent survey. Now, yesterday, all major party leaders responded to the election call with the opposition parties claiming this election is unneeded, is selfish, and perhaps, in Aaron O'Toole's case, even dangerous. Whereas the Prime Minister argued that Canadians deserve a say in how the future of the country moves, and the election is a chance for them to signal which direction they want the country to go. And so an important question is, how will Canadians react to an early election call? Now, it's no surprise that most people at any given moment don't want an election. Most of Canadians don't pay attention to politics all that much, aren't all that keen on all the coverage and talk and focus on an election, especially during the summer and during a fourth wave of the pandemic. While only a minority prefer an election now, our survey shows that the vast majority tell us they won't be upset at Mr. Trudeau for calling this election. When asked if the Prime Minister asks for an election to be held this fall, saying he would like to give Canadians a chance to select the government they want to take the country forward, how would you feel about this? 38% say they would be happy to have a chance to cast a ballot and help choose the government to take us forward. 44% would prefer not to have an election, but it isn't something that would affect how they vote while 17% say they would be upset at Mr. Trudeau because an election seems unnecessary. Most of those who would be upset about an election call are supporters of the opposition party. 40% are conservative, 17 New Democrats, and 8% are Bloc Québécois supporters. But one out of four of those who are upset, however, are Liberal supporters, indicating there is some risk for the Prime Minister in calling this election, especially since... Um, although not stated, the objective is to win a majority. And if you lose a quarter of um, 17% of respondents, that may be enough to risk um, that majority outcome. But when we look at the overall sense of public opinion as we enter this campaign, there's a few things that stand out to me. First, the mood of the country. Canadians will be and are in a far better mood today than they were at the start of the 2019 campaign. In our most recent survey, 46% of Canadians think the country is headed in the right direction. This is near the highest it has been in over five years and 11 points higher than at the start of the 2019 campaign. Moreover, when we ask people how do they feel about the overall performance of the federal government, 45% approve of the job being done by the Trudeau government, while 37% disapprove. This is the lowest disapproval rating that we've had since January earlier this year. What about the desire for change? I think this is probably the most important metric in this campaign. Over the past few months, the desire for change has inched up, but is still far below 
views held at the end of the last campaign in 2019. And if you recall, while the Liberals lost the popular vote, they still won the most seats. Today, 43% say it's definitely time for a change in government, while another 23% think it would be good to have a change. Overall, two-thirds of Canadians say change is something they definitely want or wouldn't mind. But it's not as high as it was at the start of the 2019 campaign. Back then, right at the end, 52% of Canadians definitely wanted a change of government, and another 17% said change would be good. And so this campaign starts with a desire for change that's more muted, which might affect mobilization and motivation for opposition parties, and perhaps gives Mr. Trudeau and the Liberals an advantage. Now, obviously, how we feel about political leaders has a big impact on how we vote. Today, Mr. Trudeau enjoys a positive impression among 40% of Canadians, while 41%, about equal, have a negative view of him for a net score of minus one. Mr. Trudeau is more popular with women, Atlantic Canadians, Ontarians, and those who self-identify as a racialized Canadian. Among Liberal supporters, his net score is plus 83. And among those open to voting Liberal but aren't currently supporting the party, he is at plus 23. Now, as I noted in a recent CBC article looking at the start of this campaign, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is the wild card. He enjoys a positive impression, about 40%. That's the same as the Prime Minister. But his negatives are much lower, at 24%, for a net score of plus 16. Mr. Singh is more popular with those under 30, a remarkable plus 37, among women, plus 25, and those in British Columbia, plus 30. Among NDP supporters, he is plus 83, like the Prime Minister, and among NDP accessible voters, those open to voting NDP but not currently supporting the party, he is plus 54. Lots of opportunity for Mr. Singh, lots of goodwill to convert that into actual support. Now, for Mr. O'Toole, the Conservative Party leader, we see a very different picture. His positives are plus 20, um, his positives are 22%, while his negatives are 41 for a net score of minus 19. If we compare that to how Mr. Scheer, Mr. O'Toole's predecessor, fared before the last campaign, Mr. Scheer had plus uh, positives of 33% and negatives at 36 for a net score of minus 3. So Mr. O'Toole starts this campaign well behind where Mr. Scheer was at the same point of the election. Among conservative supporters, Mr. O'Toole is plus 62, which is lower than the two other party leaders among his own supporters, and among conservative accessible voters, he is plus 13, with a majority of those people saying they either have neutral views of him or don't know enough about him to have an opinion. If there's any upside to these numbers for Mr. O'Toole, it's that many Canadians don't have much of an impression of him, and so he has an opportunity to introduce himself for the first time. So what does all this mean? How does this translate into vote intention? Well, as this campaign starts, we have the Liberals ahead by nine points. Nationally, they're at 37%, the Conservatives at 28 the New Democrats at 20%, the Greens at 5 and we've got the Bloc at 22% in Quebec, notably 15 points behind the Liberals and down 9 points since earlier this month. The People's Party of Canada captures 4% of the vote, the highest we've had in our tracking, while the Maverick Party, we have started asking about the Maverick Party in our surveys, 
is at 0% nationally, but registers a bit in Alberta, 1%, and Manitoba and Saskatchewan at 2%. Now, regionally, we see some interesting dynamics. In British Columbia, the Liberals are ahead by seven over the New Democrats. In the Prairies, the Conservatives hold big leads, but not as big as they've been in the past with the, with the People's Party and perhaps the Maverick Party eating away at some of their support. In Ontario, the Liberals are ahead by 13, 41 to 28. In Quebec, the Liberals are ahead by 15, 37, 22. And the Liberals lead by 23 points over the Conservatives in Atlantic Canada. Now, we are also testing levels of motivation by asking people how likely they are to turn out and cast a ballot on Election Day. Among the 77% of respondents who say they would definitely be voting in this election, the Liberals lead by nine, the same as among all voters. 38% would vote Liberal, 29 Conservative, and 20 NDP, almost exactly the same numbers among all decided voters. Now, as we, as we try to assess how voters are thinking, an important question to ask is, who do Canadians think will win this election as it starts? 45% say they believe the Liberal Party is going to win this election, significantly higher than Conservatives, who are at 18, and the 9% who think the NDP are going to win. One out of four respondents are unsure of how this election is going to end. And so all this points to me that this, the Liberals start this campaign not only well ahead, but also the public believes they are going to win. The implications of that could be, one, it gives New Democrats, Greens, Bloc supporters license to support their first preference without fear of, say, a Conservative win. Two, this could help motivate Conservatives, get them excited to show that they have to be engaged in this campaign. Or three, that we might actually see low turnout across the board as Canadians realize that this election isn't that close and that the outcome might be a foregone conclusion. Now, with the federal election kicking off this weekend, my sense is the Liberals remain in a strong position not only to win the most seats, but perhaps even a majority government. Few say they would be upset with the Prime Minister for calling this election, so the risk of backlash from an election seems small, although the opposition parties are pushing hard on this idea that this election is unneeded and perhaps even dangerous given the COVID uh, situation in the country. The mood of the country has not been this positive in years. Fewer disapprove of the federal government's performance than at any time in 2021, and the desire for change remains much lower, and the dislike for Mr. Trudeau is far less intense than it was in 2019. But that doesn't mean a liberal victory is a foregone conclusion. There are a few things I'd watch closely. The first is whether the NDP can capitalize on the goodwill Mr. Singh has developed. I think he had a good campaign kickoff, articulated his position, and um, has us clearly a connection with many Canadians, particularly younger Canadians. The NDP's pool of accessible voters is larger today than it was when the 2019 campaign kicked off, and so there is a lot of opportunity for the party to grow support, given that more people are open and consider voting for the party. Second, while Mr. O'Toole's personal numbers are quite weak, Many still don't know much about him, giving him an opportunity to introduce himself to people for the first time and try and change the views of some who already know him. He starts this campaign well back, and a short campaign may not give him enough time to catch up, 
but I wouldn't completely count him out, and the Conservatives have a chance to, to close the gap. Finally, tracking interest in this campaign will be critical to understanding likely turnout. Who is more motivated and who will turn out? What impact will early voting and mail voting have on this campaign? Unlike in past campaigns when parties might be targeting a momentum at the very end following the leaders' debate, many, many voters will probably vote before those leaders' debates even happen. And so every day of this campaign is going to matter because, at you, because decision points, decision times, uh, will be very different than in previous campaigns. We will continue to track interest in this campaign throughout to better understand the impact of turnout on the outcome. Now, over the course of this campaign, my team and I at Abacus Data will be doing a lot of analysis. Every day we're going to be putting out an interesting data point. I'll be sharing data points with Politico. If you want to sign up for their newsletter, check out Politico Ottawa on Twitter and you can sign up for their daily newsletter. And I'll be doing, I'm sure, lots of interviews with media um, as well as um, a weekly appearance on CPAC's Midday Show with Mark Sutcliffe. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back to you later this week.